Do you want to study at the number one sports science school worldwide? Study sport at Deakin and benefit from the most advanced sports facilities available, from running tracks to biomechanics labs and decked out gyms to a climate chamber. Deakin have what you need to graduate ahead of the pack. Discover endless opportunities in sports science by visiting deakin.edu.au slash sport. Deakin, proud sponsors of the EFNL. The grand final preview edition. It's an exciting time in the Deakin University women's competition. We're looking forward to the five grand finals set to take place this week, coming Saturday out at HG Parker Reserve and Quamby Reserve. We'll preview all of those. We'll look back at last weekend's preliminary finals results in this week's edition of Female Footy Focus. As always, I'm Josh Wood. To help me have a look back and look ahead to this weekend, once again, a Dylan Smith and Ryan Long. Dill, uh, your first grand final week for yourself as part of the media team. I'm, I'm sure you're pretty, pretty eager just based on uh, your women's grand finals previews coming out uh, today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there were some unbelievable matches across the previous round. I was calling it the Mitchum Coldstream game, and. I think that game really just like epitomized what finals footy is about. It was close and contested and, um, you know, a huge last quarter there. But I think my biggest takeaway from watching all those games across the weekend in all the divisions was just that no matter what your ladder position is and how many wins and losses you've had and that sort of thing, every team sort of has a weakness. So coming into these grand finals, I think every team, even though, you know, some team teams are massive favorites and that sort of thing, everyone's got a chance of winning. So super excited. Yeah, you never know on grand final day. It brings out the best insides. And Ryan, it, it's a big week out at AFNL House. I'm sure everyone is pretty excited and pretty busy as well with women's grand finals around. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a very busy week at the office. And we saw the cups come out today and all the ribbons getting sorted for the big day in the grand final uh, out at Heathmont and Quamby Reserve as well. So there's a lot going on there. And for me as well, I mean, I didn't get to do the women's grand finals last year, so I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited to actually see them live this year out at HE, and we've got some really good contests, and great to see some sides 
coming into the season where we probably didn't expect them to be at this stage of the year playing in the grand finals. You know, Mitchum and Murlbach are two sides that haven't had that sort of, I mean, very new senior women's uh, side. So very um, quick to actually get into a grand final, which is fantastic. A kill Scythe, we didn't know what to expect from them. They're playing the grand final. The SBL Wolves, I wouldn't have tipped that um, at the start of the season that they would be playing off in a grand final in the Premier Division. So a lot to get to, and I'm just uh, really looking forward to breaking down the results from last week and then also looking ahead to what is going to be uh, the biggest weekend on the calendar. And let's have a touch on that SBL Wolves result first up because it was a surprise and it completed a remarkable turnaround for the Wolves. So at the start of the season, the South Croydon had defeated them by 60 points on Anzac Day. Now, this time around, South Croydon have gone down and end their season with SBL Wolves 2-2-14 to 4-9-23. The Wolves kept South Croydon scoreless in the first half. They conceded two goals in the second half, but... If they, if they kicked the potentially a little bit straighter, it could have been a bigger margin, but a great achievement for the Wolves. We'll touch on them a bit later on. But for South Croydon, I think their only win in the pretty much the second half of the season deal, it came up against Donval. It's a disappointing way to end what initially was looking like a very promising season. Yeah, it was, but that, their season just really never got going in that second half. And mm. I've talked about it weeks on here about how they just weren't able to kick scores and they were conceding big scores as well and that first half kind of shows you that they weren't able to kick a goal and you look at the best players again for the team so you know Taylor Hammersley she's not named in the best Griffin's not named in the best Giddens is not named in the best plus they've got you know a couple of players missing I know Taylor Black kicked a couple of goals and she was probably the only real, real star on the day that fired but you know eventually the you know the, the stats don't lie really coming home in the back half of the season and they're eventually the only team that gets that goes out in straight sets I think so I I really think by the end of the season they were probably the fifth or the sixth best team in the division um, based on form so I'm not massively surprised even though you know congratulations to SBL Wolves for getting to the grand final it is a great achievement for the Wolves and for for South and I think just looking at their list as well Hammersley did play. But they were still missing a lot of players like Maggie McKellar last year. She obviously played VFL and was key to their charge. I think, and having to call upon the likes of Danielle Zenier and, and some of those reserves players, Ryan, it, it probably did come back to hurt them. And obviously their reserve side were hurt. And it's the opposite of last year as well for them. They they won the first semifinal and the prelim final to get into the grand final. Now they go out in straight sets. It's It's quite remarkable, the turnaround. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I, w I think we looked at South Croydon coming into this final series very differently to, to last year and probably coming in with a bit more form into that finals. And we certainly had them as a big chance to knock off Mount Evelyn in that semi final. But uh, I think the writing was on the wall, probably as Dill sort of suggested in yourself with their form in the back end of the season. Their only two wins coming against Donval, who obviously have, have finished on bottom of the ladder in the second half of the year. So. Um, it probably wasn't the best form line going into the season and a lot of changes. Um, Sarah O'Toole has been really good for him. Uh, that was another best on ground performance for the Dogs um, in consecutive finals. And then she's been in some really good form in the last couple of weeks of the season as well. But um, it is a little bit unfortunate. And, you know, we, we did go to that game for the match of the round um, on Anzac Day. And it is 
quite remarkable to to think about the the difference in the side and and the, the way the the game was played. Obviously, at the time, I, I pretty much thought they were um, a lock for a, a grand final with the Eastern Devils because they were in the, the first half of the season. Those two were the by far the best two sides in the comp and. They just scored so quickly and so easily that day. And obviously, you know, when you you haven't scored at halftime, things have certainly changed. And a lot of that probably has to do with personnel. And um, I think that'll be something that next year, if they can sort of keep everyone um, everyone healthy and fit and on the park, not injured. Um, obviously, VFL duties, uh, VFLW duties is something... Um, that's not not really in their control. And the other sides like Whitehorse have been affected on that too. So it's hard to judge them on that. But um, I, I've still got a lot of hope for them next season that they can um, respond and certainly uh, contend for a flag. Oh, definitely. I, I think they've proven to be Eastern Devils' biggest rivals, I reckon. Obviously, the, as you mentioned in your preview, deal, the, the Wolves have gone pretty clo- closest to the Devils. But like South Croydon have always been there or thereabouts against the Devils and and will only continue to improve, especially if they get players back. That's going to be uh, pretty key for them, but um, they'll definitely bounce back next year. Having a look at Division 1, Baronia just sneaking over the top of Park Orchards, 3-4-22 to 2-5-17. They trailed at halftime, did Baronia. Park Orchards leading 15-9 to before... A two goal to no score third quarter paved the way for the Hawks to get the job done. Uh, just the usual suspects in the best. Rachel Quirk, Rachel Slater, uh, Steph Phillips, Ali Gobleets and Cuffle as well in the cage. Uh, for, and single goal kickers for them, Slater and Quirk among them. Park Orchards, uh, Jazz Taylor and uh, hey mate, Molly Hay Manson, the only goal kickers as well. And Matilda Ray, best on ground, Alana Bowell and Christine Bertoldi, just a couple of their stars named in the best as well, playing key roles. But um, it's it's a lot different from last time, Dill. And do you feel like Park Orchards will be disappointed they went down here to Baronia? Oh, they'll obviously be disappointed because, you know, you you play off in a prelim final and you want to win and, and they were leading at halftime. So they'll, they'll definitely be disappointed about it. But yeah, I think... Your first thoughts when you go into this game and you see that the likes of Slater and Quirk and um, Phillips have been named in the best, you sort of worry for them because those players fire for Baronia and, and they're generally going to win the game. I think we said last week that um, that Park Orchards needed goals from a, a Georgia Livingston and an Ellie Hartnett. And, you know, it's probably no surprise that, that Baronia did get up, but, you know... Going back to those um, players that were named in the best as well, one thing is that they're they're all playing on the ball. Those players like mm-hmm. Work and Slater and Phillips. So having that sort of um, amount of ball coming out of tested. And Ryan, they made a grand final last year. Did Park Orchards uh, obviously going down to rival in heartbreaking fashion? Uh, do you think? There's something to build on, though, this year, just coming up against two sides that this time last year were playing off in Premier B finals, were coming up against Premier A sides uh, at the end of the day. Do you feel like they'll improve next year? Yeah, definitely. And I don't think you can sort of judge them, uh, judge their season as a fail just because they've taken a step backwards and not make a grand final this year because 
the division is a lot different and it's not a straight one comes in, one comes out sort of thing like uh, the senior men's competition is usually. This has been quite different with mm-hmm. two really strong sides from a, a Premier B competition who have had that experience playing against sides such as the, the Eastern Devils where they've obviously learnt a lot from and they've both been able to, the Bears and the Hawks, been able to pick up some uh, really strong players as well and strengthen their list where I don't think Park Orchards have probably had a major, you know, um, influx of recruits over the off season from memory. So there's a lot of stars in that lineup still. And I mean, a kick away from a grand final still shows that they're right there. And um, you, you look at that, obviously, I don't know what happens if, if one side goes up again this year and, and whatnot, but I mean, they've got to be in contention again next season. So I think they're doing a lot of things right. And hopefully they are able to keep, everyone at the club and certainly build on another strong year. Oh, they're, they're still a fair bit ahead of North Ringwood. I know they only won again by the, by them against them by 27 points on in that f- first semi-final, but they're still a fair bit ahead. And yeah, whoever goes up, if one does go up, then oh, I think they're definitely going to be right up there and could make another grand final next year. Can the Sharks, it's... Um... I, I think that's how it will run, that the the winner of this um, grand final in Division 1 will go up. But it is a lot... It is complicated, obviously. I mean, you can look at last year with Roville that win the Division 1 flag and then unfortunately aren't able to get a side up and running and that probably changes a lot of things. So, Furniture Gully was in Premier, of course, last season. They don't have a side this year. So, there's a whole lot of um, variables that we can't probably just lock in that the winner goes up and and it's simple as that. But even if it's the three of them still in the same division, I think uh, Park Orchards are... I think that they're closer to Bronia than Basin than probably the other five are close to Park Orchards. I think they're the clear third side in the division. Yeah, they, I think we can agree yeah. that uh, yeah, these like all of these three sides in this division are playing some of the best footy across the the women's competition. I think like it's it's been some of the best footy to watch for me. They're playing Premier Division footy at their best. All three of these sides, they definitely have the capabilities to be playing Premier Division footy. And I think Park Orchards were were three points away from, or just even one point away last year from from playing Premier Division footy. So they definitely have the potential to to. Go up to that next level. Let's go down a level to second division. I'll try my best to, to keep this short, but uh, uh, Surrey Park uh, have won uh, have won the preliminary final as well in Division Two against the Waverley Blues, nine nine sixty three to four four twenty eight uh, in the second and fourth quarters. Now I'm not too sure. Don't take my word for it. They, they could have been kicking down the hill at H.A. Barker Reserve because Surrey Park, they kicked 43 points to nothing in the second and, and final quarters. And it sees them book their spot in their first ever women's grand final in Division 2. A Taylor Morton's a, a good couple of weeks with three goals. You look at their be- Emily Cumming as well, Bia with two goals. You look at their best, their stars, Hannah Vaughan, Jessica Scrinyars. The two best players for Waverley Blues, just single goal kickers, but uh, they kept up with Surrey for for two quarters, still, but just um, an unfortunate way for them to end. What what's been a terrific first season on return? Yeah, they've they've been awesome, and yeah, it's sort of a funny one, Div, too, isn't it? Because you had Surrey Park get kind of smacked last week by East Ringwood, and then you think Waverley Blues are probably going to you know be up for it in this one, and then they get fairly well beaten here, but. 
no, like take nothing away from Waverley Blues. They've had an excellent first season. I, I think just, you know, East Ringwood and Surrey Park in this division have just been a little bit too strong. For Surrey Park, I think it was really important in this game that they just got that um, those top-end players working again because last week they really got shut out of the game. The likes of Cumming, Bia and Cairns, the ones in the forward line. So I think they've got a few lessons to learn for next week about what they do with their team to get some players involved. But this is a really promising game just to probably give them some belief that they can, you know, try to push East Ringwood in the grand final. Definitely getting down into third division, Eastern Devils. Uh, 4-6-30, defeating SBL Wolves, Teal 2-1-13 at Quamby Reserve. Kept them scoreless in the first three quarters, did the Devils before going on. Uh, well, the Wolves kicked two goals in the final quarter, but it was too little, too late. Uh, two goals for Holly Johnson, best on ground for uh, Bronwyn McBeath. Uh, no no goal kickers or no best name for SBL Wolves, but uh, not too much else to say. Just Devils booked their spot in the in their second consecutive grand final in with their reserve side, Ryan and the Wolves. It's a similar story to, to last year, but still a, a much improved season for them. They're, they've, it's, it'd be a good time to be at SBL Wolves or South Belgrave in general, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, with the, the Premier side in a grand final and their reserves team making a uh, another prelim, it shows that the club is in good hands and they've got a lot of depth that are playing a lot of players in this side are playing some really good football. And um, I, I know they probably would have preferred to be the side that had both sides playing on grand final deck, Bombay Reserve. But I mean, that's just the Eastern Devils where they've been the phenomenal side uh, coming into the league. They're very professional, the way they go about everything. And I mean, a lot of these players can just could easily slip into the premier division side and, and play some really good football for them. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to um, go past the devils in the, in the way they're playing um, at, at any level. And they've got a big challenge and I know we'll get to this a bit further on, but there's certainly a, a big chance for what I think would be an upset now after the last couple of times they've met up against Kilsyth and the, the Cougars have um, done the job quite uh, comfortably I think this is one that um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Devils pulling off the double, but we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that uh, a bit shortly soon. Yeah, I think they definitely have the capabilities. I'll, I'll, I think they're looking really good after this performance, the Devils, particularly after the first three quarters. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happen, happens. Momentum's a key thing nowadays, and Gills, I definitely have all of it behind them and into Division 4. I'm, I'm just going to throw to you immediately, Dill, for, for the women's match of the round. Mitchum uh, consigning Coldstream to, to straight straight sets exit. 2-1-13, the Cougars defeated by Mitchum. 2-3-15. I, I was watching from home, and you were right. This was a, a, a game befitting of its preliminary final status. What you make of it out at AG Parker Reserve alongside Trent Callan? Yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic game to watch. Just um, the pure sort of physicality and the, the contests that were involved in the game. And I thought, you know, first quarter, it was there was quite a lot of nerves, I think, for both teams. Like both teams strike me as, as pretty young sides. So it was wet, there were nerves. So the ball was slipping around. I think Coldstream, if they could have their time over again, they were a little bit ill-disciplined. I think there was two or three 25-metre penalties in that first quarter. And they also got a yellow card as well to one of their players. But the effort was there from both teams throughout the entire contest. And, you know, Coldstream's midfield was super impressive. The likes of Stark, 
Bowden, Rogers in there. They were in there getting clearances and they probably created enough inside 50s, to be honest, to win the game. But you just had this performance from Nicole Akers and she was just marking everything. I, I swore there was two of her on the ground at one point. She was just, you know, if she wasn't beating her own opponent, she was peeling off, she was taking marks and then she was propelling them forward. So um, she was just massive. And obviously a shout out too to, um, to Holloway who kicked the two goals for Mitchum. Her second goal from the boundary was just a phenomenal goal. One of the, the goals of the year. And then it just came down to that slog in the last quarter where both teams were just defending for their lives. Mitchum were just clearing out, out of the back line and, and holding on. And eventually, you know, they make it to the, they, they couldn't make it last year, obviously, and they make it to a grand final this year. So really happy for them. Condolences to Coldstream, obviously, and they, they've had a great season as well. But yeah, it was just just a great game. It's another preliminary final exit, though, for Coldstream, Ryan. Last year it was, I think, a 60-point loss to Corey North Emlock. This time, it, it's a two-point loss to, to Mitchum getting so close and, and so far. And I'm happy to admit, at three-quarter time, I thought, with Coldstream kicking down the hill, I thought that they would win the game. But just Mitchum defense, led by Nicole Akers, yeah. it was... Just you got to give them credit. They were simply phenomenal. But for Coldstream, I think getting to two preliminary finals and getting so close, it'll only galvanise them next year, I reckon, Ryan. Yeah, I think so. And uh, touching on Mitchum just first, because I was actually at the club out at Walker Park. Um, obviously, we had our men's match around at Mitchum, and it was good to see the... Um, the game up on the screen and some of the Mitchum people in there inside watching and uh, cheering the girls home in that last quarter. And I was the same as you, Josh. I thought at three quarter time, the lead was only three points. And I thought majority of that play has been down that end of the ground. I was like, very, I was very worried for the Tigers. I, I thought Coldstream would run over the top of them. But um, as Dylan said, their defensive pressure was really strong. Acres, um, it, it was, it was like they had on, had two of her out there because, the amount of intercept marks and um, uses the ball pretty well as well. So they did a fantastic job to be able to hold on in that one. And a very different uh, year for Coldstream, despite ending up in the same place, because I think last year they can't remember how much they made the um, top four by, but it wasn't a whole lot. And they came in as severe underdogs against the Tigers in that elimination final up at Sylvan, won that one. And then I don't think anyone had, uh, predicted them to get close to um, Croydon North End block in that prelim. So it's a, it's a much different year because this is a game that, you know, arguably maybe they were almost the better side in patches of it and they just couldn't quite um, do the damage with the ball when they do go inside 50. So they'll look at it as a, a missed opportunity, I would say. But in saying that, there's um, a lot of positives and there's been a lot of good players from the side this season, which... Um, You've just got to hope to, again, re-sign next season and hope you can sort of go that one step better. I think they're, they're certainly going to be in the uh, conversation again. I think one player that was missing as well, Madison Stark from the from the yeah. game. And that, that's a that's a pretty big loss for that forward line. You know, her and Abby Braun have put together a, a great season. And I thought in that final quarter, Braun was terrific, pushing up the ground whenever Mitchum had it in their forward line. But... Um, yeah. If they if they had had a, a Madison Stark there, it also just would have helped to keep Acres a bit more accountable as well. Mm. So it would have just helped them twofold. And yeah, it's a bit unfortunate for them, but it was a great game. Yeah. And they are the, the highest 
ranked um, a- attacking lineup too, even yeah. more, more more so than Murbach as well. So it, it does hurt when you take out one of your key cogs up forward and what turned out to be a very just defensive first game. Yeah, I think in total 653 points for the season, which is not a bad effort in for, in the fourth division season in just 13 games. So a really terrific effort from all involved at Coldstream and they definitely will be back. Well, that's our look back at the past weekend of prelim finals results run and done. Let's have a look ahead to the grand finals. And of course, all these grand finals are being live streamed. Ryan, as our media manager, I'm going to throw to you to to explain to everyone as to how all the, the streaming will work uh, this year. Yeah, so we're pretty much going to be running very similar to what we had last year. Obviously, there's one less grand final with Premier now, not Premier A and B. Uh, again, it is Quamby Reserve and HG Parker, the two venues for our grand final. So out at Quamby Reserve, the Premier Division grand final and the Division Three grand final will be back to back the division three one first you can find those games all on youtube and we'll have those links up on our facebook page as well and then out at he parker we'll have three grand finals in division one two and four and that first one between mitchum and Murbach will be the first one starting 10 a.m i've got the times uh just on me i know josh probably yeah. you've, you've got it in front of you yeah, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. the first grand final out there at H.A. Parker. Yep, so that is our uh, starting time. So it, it's a massive day. So all five grand finals will be streamed and commentated. Um, and then your veterans competitions, the men's vets and the women's vets also being uh, filmed after the women's grand finals as well. So a lot of coverage there. You've also got the men's match of the round out at Bayswater in the Premier Division elimination final. So uh, tune into something on our YouTube or Facebook page because if you, you can't find a game, then yeah, you, you'll struggle. But there, there's a lot to um, look forward to. It's probably our busiest day of the season, really, even more so than a Premier Division, division Grand Final. For, for us it, with the, the media, um, just three, three venues. We're well spread out. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll see how we all cover, uh, how we all recover from this. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's a really good day, and um, we had the perfect conditions last Saturday. So I'm hoping we get something similar. And the sun's out again. Oh, don't jinx it, Ryan. Please don't it, don't jinx nah. it. I'm hoping I'm hoping it is beautiful because yeah, I, I I unfortunately won't be at those women's grand finals. I will be at the the Bayswater game for the the men's match of the round. But uh, Dill Ryan, I believe you'll both be out at H E Parker Reserve for the three grand finals. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be a big day for the both of you. But I'm sure you're both pretty keen. Dill, I'll throw to you first. Oh yeah, I'm I'm super excited for it. Obviously, as Ryan said, yeah, it will be a massive day, but um, just yeah, really excited to to tune in for all the games. And I think you know we've got the the Div One, the Div Two, and the Div Four, and and they're all looking like you know really exciting grand finals. So I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited as well to to be keeping a, a very close eye on them as well. Let's get stuck into these grand finals and we'll start things off with the grand final that, as we mentioned before, kicks things off on grand final day at AJ Parker Reserve, Moorbach and Mitchum, as I'll keep saying, mentioned it before as well, kicks off at 10am as uh, out there at Heathmont. Uh, they last met 
in the final women in what was the final women's match of the round in the regular season. Moorbark won pretty convincingly and they sewed up the minor premiership and consigned Mitchum to, to third place. Uh, Dill, to you first, do you reckon there'll be a bit of revenge on the cards for Mitchum given what they were consigned to on that day against Moorbark? Yeah, so on that particular day, obviously the Mustangs kind of ran right a little bit. They obviously win the game eventually by, what is it, 37 points. So it's a fairly convincing win, but there are a few takeaways from that game. So the ruck for Mitchum in Ruby Jory Wright did not play. And what that meant for for Mitchum was that Fogarty had to come from the defense into the ruck. And she comes in there and I don't think it really helped Mitchum at the same time. So they still lost all the clearances. They got kind of smacked in the middle. It was, um, you know, Duvalier, Forrest and Pirich who just kind of ran riot. Booth was really strong in there. So she was winning clearances herself and, and kind of dominating Fogarty. So they also in that they lost the defender. So then they were kind of, once the ball went inside 50 for the Mustangs, they were scoring pretty freely as well. And, um, then what Mitchum ended up doing was they moved acres into the ruck as well. So then she goes in there and then you lose your best defender. Um, and, and the Mustangs just kind of scored at will at times. So I think we're going to see with Ruby Jory Wright being available for this game, that's going to really shore up the Tigers central area. And I think if they've got a couple of those other players available, um, you think of like an Olivia Scary who didn't play and also Hannah Lynette, we're still not sure about the availability of those players, but that's really going to shore up that midfield area and give them, you know, every chance of winning this game. At the same time, I think you look back to over the, across those two games that they've played and you look back to the earlier match, I think it was round three that they played and the Mustangs still beat them in that game by two points. And since then, the Mustangs have been able to add a lot of valuable forward players into their lineup. You've got even Georgia Booth in the ruck. She's come in since then. Lily Chilver, Lily McDonald, Lily Peacock. So the the trio of Lilies there as well. And also April Fregon as well. So they've sort of really rejuvenated that forward line kind of throughout the season. And it's sort of difficult to tell how that's going to go with Mitchum at full strength. So I think it's going to be a lot closer than the second meeting, but the second meeting is probably the game that we can get the most learnings from at the same time. Yeah. And just on that game as well, in the previous match of the round, uh, Bianca Fairbairn and, and Neve Coglin were also missing and both have been consistently in the... Well, Fairbairn, I don't think, has been mentioned in the best, but she's been playing consistent footy. And Neve Coglin as well as the only other uh, double-digit goal kicker for Mitchum with 12 goals in 12 games this season. She's a big one. Yeah, but yeah, she's a really big one, as is Hannah Lynette and Olivia Scary. Lynette in particular, Ryan, who was a Team of the Year Ruckman last year, if they get her back, Jory Wright playing alongside her and Ruck, then Georgia Booth will have her work cut out. Oh, yeah, 100%. If she does play, that would almost swing my tip just with uh, her sort of style in the Ruck. And we saw her last year live um, at home against Coldstream and how important she was in that win for the Tigers then. And then it, it does make a big difference. As Booth has come into the side and not only in the Ruck, but to be able to kick multiple goals in multiple games, that game against Coldstream, I think she had the four goals. So she's very hard to stop. And you, you're not relying on her either to, to kick your goals, as you mentioned, um, you know, Chilver, Peacock, McDonald, McManus, all these players can pop up and kick two or three goals. And I think that probably is the, the difference when you look at the Tigers where they may need to rely on 
you know, someone like Fairbairn to to kick your three or four goals, and that still might not be enough because Murlbuck has that uh, widespread of goal kickers. I, th- I think Mitchum's biggest strength is their defence, and they um they don't give away too much. That game against Murlbuck at home was probably their biggest score I think they've given up this season um, from memory. So they're going to want this just a, a real tight defensive slog, sort of the similar way they played against Coldstream, if they can sort of lock things down, make Murbach really uh, earn every inside 50 and start to sort of contest, make it a real contested game. Um, that might play into their advantage, but on a clean, dry day, which I, I think it is, I haven't checked the weather, but I'm pretty sure that is the um, condi- the prediction for um, Saturday. I, I think it just suits, it just sort of plays in Murbach's hands, which I'm, a little bit worried for the Tigers that if they do start to lose a bit of the footy in the midfield, you know, how, how can Murbuck sort of pile on the goals quickly? And that I, you know, I think that's the key, Ryan. Like that that midfield battle is really where it's going to come down to. So if if Murbuck are able to just waltz the ball out of that midfield, their forward line is so scary with those players that you mentioned. So if if they can, you know, if they can actually get on top or at least break even in that center of the ground area with with a jury right going up against the booth, I think that's where they're going to get them. And I think one of the other things that Murrubach did really well in that final round of the season was how how well they pressured Mitchum as well and didn't let the ball get to the outside to those wingers. So you look at Mitchum, two of their best players this season have been uh, Squillis and Depradines, and they both play really wide and they're. You know, they're not big body players with a lot of strength, but they've got that speed on the outside that can, you know, really propel them forward. And if if those players could get involved for Mitchum, I could see that as being a, a way for them to get into the game. Definitely. I, I think if they, the likes of Riley Holloway, who was best in the end, best on ground, Catherine Roschioli, if they, those players can get on top, that, that will prove to be a point of difference. Out of those players, who, who do you reckon can change the game by this the like the flick of a sw- flick of a switch who can be a, a bit of an x factor i think fairbairn just because you know she early on she had chances against against Coldstream, and i think she missed a couple of chances if she takes advantage of all those chances she can definitely prove to be a prove to be a nuisance for for Moorbuck and she's a proven goal kicker she was the division one leading goal kicker last season as well and I think division two back in 2021 so I think she can be a different point of difference still what about yourself yeah it's it's definitely fair Ben and it'll be really interesting to see what Mitchum actually do with her because I think if they're not getting the inside 50s they'll have the tendency to want to move her a bit higher up the ground to get involved so my my issue for Mitchum is if they aren't winning the clearances without putting Fairbairn in there, they'll have to bring her into the the midfield mix, and then they've got no one to score. Mm. And and that's you know they've had trouble scoring all season, so pulling your best forward out of the forward line is is not really going to assist with that. So I think they have to do it with Fairbairn forward, and yeah, the scoring power for Morabark just it just looks terrifying to me. So I, I could never tip against them. Is that how you sort of see it? Murbuck probably have a, a few more tricks up their sleeve to, in terms of moving players around the grounds. With it. obviously their forward line is very strong. That I mean, you can move a, a couple of players and you still have those scoring options as well. And you're not relying on one or two players to kick you. Uh, yeah, I think they've got 
four or five players in that forward line plus their ruck in booth that they could swing forward and they could all kick, you know, I could see them all kicking two or three goals each. Whereas if it's for for um for Mitchum, you know, there's probably a couple of mids that could potentially push forward, like we saw with Holloway um at the weekend. But yeah, they haven't got that um those really talented like elusive forwards like like a Murabach. So I think they're gonna struggle. Well yeah. Let's go with tips now, actually. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm still going to go Mitchum. I, I have a feeling I'll probably be the only one that goes Mitchum. I think they win by five points. I think it'll be very, very close. It, it, it's... Uh, as I, I'm hoping for most grand finals and I'm expecting for for most of them. Ryan, who's your t- who are you back in here? I am tipping Murabak. I, I just think um, with the having watched a little bit them a bit, a bit of them in the elimination final or the qualifying final, sorry, the other week and then the match of the round, I think they've just got a few more options up forward and I'm just worried if they do, for the Tigers' sake, if they do lose that midfield battle, it might be a um, a, a really hard afternoon. Uh, the conditions, I did just check the, um, the weather app and it does say that there might be a bit of rain in the morning. So I don't know. We, we It's very unpredictable, so I'm not going to base my tip off that, but... I'll tip Rulebach by three or four goals, but um, just before we move on, I'd, I'd just like to probably um, take note of Jess Grace's uh, season as coach for the first uh, year. Obviously, a very important player, and they would love to have her on the field um, on, on Saturday. I'm sure they would, but um, it will be good to see her back because they've reappointed her as coach, and um, they'll be a playing coach next season too. So. Even if they don't get there this year, they're going to come into next season with a an, another really big year that I think they can look at this as a um, almost a bit of a two-year block. But uh, congratulations to her and what she's been able to achieve and um, looking forward to seeing how it plays out. But I'm just going to stick with Marupa on the tip. Dill, your tip's already been published, so yeah. So I have to I have to go with the the article which I said Murabak by thirty two points. I've sort of had a, a bit of a look at it um, more in depth, just with with comparing the players that were in and out. And I think potentially I, I'd probably would have changed that to maybe a a low twenties or a teens, but I, I definitely would still stay with Murabak. I think for Mitchum though, that like I said that. She looms as their most important player, Ruby Jewelry, right? So she could make a huge difference and, you know, anything could happen on the day. Definitely can. You never know. Grand finals in particular can can produce the best out of sight and uh, can cause a bit of havoc. Division three out of Quamby Reserve as Quamby Killsyth up against the East Devils Black. Devils the only side to have knocked off Killsyth, but that was... Uh, way back when I think round two or three, three in the division four season. Killsyth though, I I personally still think Ryan they're probably one of one of a couple of red hot favourites setting into the grand final. They, I think they've been waiting for this for well, obviously the one week, but they'll be raring to go. Oh, there's no doubt they'll come in as favourites and they've earned that right and it's been a really fantastic season for them. I think all of us had question marks at the start of the season on what this uh, team would look like with so many players um, moving on. A lot of them did go to the Waverley Blues. Um, Felicity Nelligan's the you know, top of that list as the star she is and we sort of wondered um, how that would affect the side. But, I mean, if, if you have a look at some of their best players, they're... 
they they are names that we are familiar of. And Inns Darcy Inns is one that's been really key for them over the past few years. Van Veen, um, very important. Villarreal, uh, Dale, Lenny. These are sort of the names I remember from last year and watching them live a couple of times. So that those sort of players have really stood up again this season. Obviously, you know, someone like a Shea Dale has kicked 27 goals uh, this season so far, including the final series. So that's a, a really fantastic effort. She's been really, really strong and they do have multiple goal kickers and I'm really looking forward to seeing them in a grand final. I think it's a, a big achievement for the club and, uh, something that, you know, I mean, if there's one club you want to be at at the moment, I mean, there's oh, a yeah. few, but Kilsyth would have to be one of them. Their senior men's have finished on top of the ladder in through to a grand final. Same exact thing for the senior women's team. And it's a, it's a great vibe. And it, it's probably uh, the, the weather, if, if it does sort of rain, it may make this a little bit of a, a low scoring game. I think in dry conditions, Kilsyth win this one. Um but I, but I think just with the way the Devils are going, and I am a little bit of a, I don't know about you, Dylan, but I am a bit of a fan of when you are playing, you're, um, if you've got multiple teams playing on the one day back-to-back, it sometimes does uh, sort of, not not necessarily, I mean, you've got plenty to play for. It's a grand final, but I, I feel like it just, it gives that little extra, I don't know the word for it, but that little extra. Yeah you get that little bit of an extra buzz around the club and everyone's there and you get the extra support. And I think you mentioned it before with the Eastern Devils, how, um, you know, they are a very sort of professional unit that the way they do things. So I think anytime they're in a grand final, they're, they're going to be a big chance. I'll, I'll, with my tip, I'll start by saying I, I'm i going with Killsyth and that they have to come into this game heavily, heavy favourites. Like they won the, the semi-final by near 50 points against this team. If you're going to make a case for the Devils, though, there are a few things to notice. In in the previous game, you look at those midfielders in in a Brook Fox, in a Holly Johnson, a Faye as well, who play in that midfield mix. They started to really hit form in the game coming in against the SBL Wolves. So I think that's really important because if they are going to win this game, they're going to have to get first use in that area. But um, the other thing I wanted to mention was a couple of the Devils players who didn't play in that semi-final, which was an Olivia Munyard. So she's a first-year player that's came over from a soccer mm-hmm. background. And she's played a bit of senior footy, I think, this year as well. So she's she's played across both divisions and she's got a lot of pace and she's got a lot of skill. And I think having someone like that that can play on that half-forward line and then go into the midfield and just give you a little bit of X factor, you know, it could be something that that really gives them some scoring power going into this game. And the other one is also a first-year player in Simone Weragoda, who I've mentioned on here before. Yeah. Watched her in the match of the round against South Croydon earlier. And she she's a really good lockdown defender, but she also gives them that drive off halfback as well. So that's just two players that are, are going to come in and they're going to have a bit of X factor and they're going to have a bit of pace. And it, it might be something that Kilsyth just find it a little bit difficult to deal with, I think. And maybe, particularly if it's a dry day as well, it'll be, or maybe even if it's a wet day as well, but just so many X factors for, for Killsyth. You could, you could name their whole side, but you, you know, the likes of Shadale and Darcy and Zins, I think has been, been best on ground in the last two games. Uh, Emily Van Veen has put together a, a terrific se- season and, they're all going to play crucial roles for them. So you've gone with Killsyth Dill by 12 points, I believe. Yep. Yeah, correct. And Ryan, are you going to go the Cougars or the Devils? 
I'll stick with the uh, kill side side, but I think this will be very close. I think this will be a lot closer than their first final. Um, I'll say three goals. I think um, I just uh, there could be a stage where kill side just click into gear and and sort of have that sort of ten minute patch where they put on a few goals and certainly um, create that gap. But I I, I expect at half time that for there to be nothing in this game. But I'll stick with kill side to win it though. I think I'll stick with Kilsyth. They, they could get the the men's side behind them as well. They could get the whole the whole club or even the whole community behind behind them. Just given obviously their senior men's side have the buy, their reserves and nineteens aren't playing at the moment. I think they'll get a pretty decent following, much like the Eastern Devils. It's um, it is a big couple of weeks for them with uh, obviously their women's side with the grand final, and then the following week the the men's side with the grand final. Um, I I think they win convincingly 25 points i just think the form has been too good all year and I, I don't think they'll mind any conditions that they play in and it's definitely going to be it could be closer than last time but i just think Kilsyth have gone to another level much like moorbark I, I think this time it, it's probably a safer tip to go with Kilsyth. Scythe just given it, they've been I, I feel like that a little bit more dominant but Speaking of dominant and speaking of red hot, East Ringwood in the Division Two Grand Final, they face off against Surrey Park out at HE Park Reserve. That kicks off at twelve fifteen. Um, like every side, East Ringwood they've gone the job quite the job done quite comfortably against Surrey Park on all three of their games. I think this this meeting as well would mark the eighth time. East Ringwood and Surrey Park have met off the top of my head in the last two years. So they've gone to know each other pretty well at the Roos and the Panthers. But yeah, have, just... uh, have Surrey Park beaten East Ringwood in any of those attempts? I think the first meeting, the first ever meeting, like I think it was round two or three last year. I'm not too sure, but I, I do recall them winning that that first meeting. But since then, it's, it's all been East Ringwood as it has been for all the season. Until it's just, you can't say much else. They've just 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 been miles ahead, miles ahead of the rest of the pack, haven't they? Yeah, and, and like you look at the score there of that first final, and they've lost the game by fifty eight points, but they've also lost the scoring shots twenty to two, and it's really difficult to make a case for Surrey. I, I think I, I said in the um, in the Waverley Blues recap there that Surrey Park played in that they did they were able to get some of their better players back in the game like the, the likes of the Fords there in Bia coming and, and those kind of players so I think they're just going to have to um, go for broke really Surrey here and just try something completely different whether that's putting like a coming into the ruck over say a Chloe May just to give them a little bit more mobility in there and get her into the game and bring some of those Fords like a Kins or someone into the midfield just to get some strength in there. But, you know, that game two weeks ago, it was really, it was too many broken tackles, not enough ground balls for Surrey and just kind of too much going to ground and, and just getting beat up around the ball. So yeah, it's, it's really difficult to make a case for Surrey Park in this one. And I will be not making that same mistake that I did in the first week. And I'll be tipping East Ringwood here. By 30 points. I will not be letting my bias get in the way as well, Ryan of the Surrey Parker. I've only tipped against them when they played East Ringwood. And I think they, it, it's still a bit of a free hit for them, though, Surrey Park, just because, you know, we have that expectation for East Ringwood to just, again, 
dominate dominate on the day. They've just been so dominant all year. But it's it's basically a free hit, and and you know they they've got a lot less expectation than the Roos. So maybe they'll they will try a few things and surprise East Wingwood potentially. I'm trying to make a case here for Surrey, but it's, well, yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, you probably have to go in with that sort of mindset and. The pressure, without doubt, is on East Ringwood. I mean, for a side that's won 14 games in the, the home and away season, finished on top with almost a percentage of 1,400, um, beating most sides by 100 points each week. They've only conceded 112 points in a season, only six points or seven points in the, the, the um, first final against Surrey Park. And then they've doubled the amount of scoring that um, the second side in Surrey Park have managed to do during the season. So they are just the almighty force and it, it does almost seem like the the un the unlosable favorites and i know they won't want that tag because they don't want to sort of um i mean they certainly won't come in complacent to this final they know they need to still play their best footy but i i just don't see any way that uh so park can limit their scoring enough to um uh win this game if you look at the the top goal kickers I mean, Hayley Thompson's a, an absolute star. And when we watched her earlier in the match, the round kicked about seven goals and probably could have kicked a couple more too. She's finished with 52 goals in the, the home and away season. And then obviously Nicola Davidson, uh, Hudson, Thompson, Giannetti, Mount, Gebel Lamb. I mean, these are all, all players that can kick four or five goals on their day and have done that throughout the season. And, and then even someone like Taylor who can... Um, kick goals from the midfield. They just have so many options. And one of those things where we've talked about, you know, Murlbach with the luxury of maybe move, moving the magnets around. If East Ringwood came to that at halftime and, and said, geez, we, we've got some work to do. We've got to try something else. They've got about 16 different options they can do and, and move uh, things around. So for me, they are just um, uh, an incredible side and, I, I can't I can't see him losing um this grand final. I, I think this is a eight or goal, eight goal or more sort of grand final win. I'd I'd be, you know, very, very intrigued if we're at half time and this is a stalemate. I I think this one could be a um I would expect him to be all halfway home by half time. Oh I know you, I, I, I agree with everything. I agree with I everything agree that you said. And, and um, but just on the, like, it's so hard because it, having said all that stuff, you're like, yeah, it's a free hit for Sari, but it's a grand final. Can it, like, can a grand final be a free hit? You never know. Oh, I'm trying to think. It, it probably can't be just because there's, it, it is still a grand final and it's a, a historic day, but I, I still, it, it's I'll, t- I'll tell you what, East Ringwood right now, if they're listening to this, they, there's, telling you can you just shut up because we're just yeah, yeah. So much. let's just go with our tears we need to, to go with like the unbeatable favorites which <sighs> i mean just just basing off the season that's what it feels like but i mean in saying that we have seen crazier things happen and it is a grand final and if you ever come in complacent and not um not ready to sort of take the game on the way you normally would you can get found out so they do have to obviously come in with the same attitude that they played every every game, and I, I, I've no doubt they will. So my tip, um, East Ringwood by, uh, I'll say eight goals. Dill, your tip as well, East Ringwood. Yeah, I think I said thirty points or or twenty five points in the uh, 
in the article. So I'll, I'll stick with that. Uh, and that's probably being generous to, to Surrey Park based <laughs> yes. on based on the last result. But, uh, you know, I mean, they did hold them to, to six goals in that round eight. So we've we've still got that as a bit of evidence. But, yeah, like if to give Surrey any chance, they can't let they can't let the Roos kick anywhere close to 10 goals. It's going to have to be like a five or a six. And then you go, is that even possible for the, for East Ringwood? So yeah. Yeah. It's near impossible. And yeah, my, my tips being pretty generous to East Ringwood by 30 points. I think it can definitely get ugly. And I hate saying, I hate saying that, but I just think you're right. You're right, Ryan. They're, they're the unstoppable favorites. They're the unbeatable favorites. They've just been dominant all season long. And you can't, if they lost every him. side has a chink in the armor you never you never know <laughs> you never know my, my optimism my, my optimism mainly is around the fact that it's not that i i don't think east ringwood are that good it's more that i i rate surrey park like i've seen them play a few times and and they look really good so that's the only reason i'm not tipping it to be a, a bigger one yeah and everyone knows that i uh, that i also think surrey park are really good as well <laughs> let's move on to division 1 the basin <laughs> up against baronia now this this is very highly anticipated, Bill. It's another chapter added to, to a massive rivalry in the AFNL. The Bears have won two against the Hawks this year. The Hawks just won, and that was by the biggest margin between the two. A couple of weeks ago, I would have felt, felt even if the Basin had won by such a big margin uh, by, by against against Baronia in that second semifinal, a couple of weeks ago, it, it, I would have been saying Baronia is still favourites. But I think... I feel like after last weekend, they've sort of dropped back a little bit, Dill. I mean, other factors could be involved. I know Park Orchards had a pretty strong side on the park, whereas the last time they faced Baronia, they didn't. But I, I just think the Hawks have somewhat dropped off. Maybe do you feel, maybe they used all their energy into getting into the position that they were in heading into finals? I don't think so. I don't think they've dropped off. I think they maybe got a little bit complacent heading into that first final against the Basin. And Mm -hmm. in some ways, I actually think that that game, losing it the way that they did. And and I know we go back to when I did the recap of that game and I said, Baronia could have won that game by three or four goals themselves. So it wasn't, they didn't play badly, but they lost the game and they lost the game in some key areas. So I, I don't think they've dropped off. I just think they've sort of had some games that they've needed to win. They, they struggled through that Park Orchard one. I guess that's a little bit of a worry, but you know, as we've also said, Park Orchards are a pretty good team. I just think this game is—it's such a fascination, and I, I really don't know. The coaches still could come out and just pull some really strange moves and just totally kind of you know throw everything out the window with this one. So it's—it's it's just such a fascination. But I think one player for Baronia that. Um, looms is like a, a really dangerous one here is delta green yeah so in that um that first final she she played fairly high up the ground it was almost i would say she was playing off a wing and she was being used as an outlet out of defense so baroni would come out through like a got leaps or someone like that and they'd kick it out in front of her and she'd just turn her opponent she'd get on a bike and she's so quick i think um for for scott and the coaching group at baroni if they can sort of perhaps push her a little bit deeper inside 50. I know with the other teams, I've said I wanted those players to get up closer to the ball, but I think with her, she could actually go deeper inside 50 and become that really dangerous option in the forward 50. You think about when Baronia go forward, they don't have 
the amount of targets that the basin do aerially. And a lot of the time in that, again, in that first final, you had someone dropping back all the time. You had a Julia Baker or an Alston or someone dropping back in the hole and just mm-hmm. taking that mark. So, you know, I think for Baronia, if they can use that pace that they have and, and maybe just put the ball like to grass a little bit more, kick that sort of chaos ball inside there, use the likes of, of Delta Greenall and, and Paige Dean as well. She's another one that's it's really quick, but not particularly good in the air. So that for me is is where the game sort of could be won and lost, but it's back to my tip. I tipped the basin by one point just to go there, but um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place with this one, to be honest. I, I want to hear what Ryan has to say. Yeah. What do you have to say, Ryan? Oh, oh, I think he'll, I think he'll probably sum that pretty up. Uh, pretty well where the the two different sides and, and I'm basing a lot of this on the match of the round that I saw live earlier in the year out at Tormore Reserve is that if this becomes a battle of the year, um, I think the Bears win because they do have those taller targets. Um, a, a lot of that time in that game against um, in that game at out at Tormore where the Hawks were just kicking it up and, and into the air in that, that forward 50, Julia Baker, a couple other targets were intercept mark after intercept mark. And it wasn't until they started to use their pace and really change the game a little bit that they were able to get on top. And they did fall short that afternoon. And I, I probably wish we had the footage of that game where they did, um, they thumped him out at the um, the Bear Cave the second time around. I mean, I'd be very curious to see how that sort of game played out and, and whether or not the base were missing a couple or, or whatnot. But... I, I just think if you look at the two sides, the the Bears probably deserve that they deserve to come in as favourites with the way they've gone about it. That besides that one game at at Batterham against Baronia, they've been the best team in the competition. Uh, Daniel Brodo obviously is a, is a superstar, and she'll kick her three or four goals and um, play her role. Julia Baker just is can be used in any position on the ground, which is just so handy to have, depending on the situation of the game, they get a bit of a lead. You can easily just push her back and sort of um, uh, play that role down as the defensive key back. Um, and then others, you know, Murrell, Monk, Carroll, Dalton. I mean, what, I mean, I don't, did what play in that semifinal against the yeah. Hawks? That she did. Yep. Yeah. Zoe Olsen, we haven't even talked about her. Like they've just got so many um, re- really strong players that if they get their game going, they'll be hard to beat. But um, uh, are we doing tips yet? Or yeah, go go for it. Go for oh, it. Josh, what are you what are you tipping? Who are oh, you tipping? I'm going Baronia. I still think their best is is oh, is really good and and better than the Basins. And I, I still think they're the best side despite taking the long way. But yeah, I think it's close. I, I went four points. What about yourself, Ryan? I'm actually, I, I thought you were going to go to the Bears. Um, I was actually going to go the the one side you guys didn't as the uh, sort of the opposite because I think this will be really close, but uh, it's, it's hard. Um, Dill, you've gone, who you've gone? The Bears by a point. Oh, yeah, I, I went early there, but, but I went the Bears by one point. But I could quite easily see this game going either way by five goals as well, just because of the way that they both play footy. They both play so aggressively and, you know, that could, it could actually end up being a blowout as close as the game is. I'm going to tip Bronu because I've seen more of them throughout the season. I've seen them a few times. I've only seen the base and the once. Um, 
and I, I think they, I think you're right. I, th- I think this can either go one or two ways. I think either side can belt the other, or we get a, a very low scoring, very contested, uh, tight contest. But I'll, I'll tip the Hawks. I, I think this is going to be the. I think this is the hardest one to tip. I think this is the best grand final of the five. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. It is by a, a fair margin. It, it, two old rifles going at it to see who win the Division One Premiership and to see who win the Premier Division pre- it, it, Premiership will be. Battle between Eastern Devils and SBL Wolves. That kicks off at 2.30 out of Quambit Reserve. Uh, we'll keep saying it, Dill, the Wolves. They've just they've had a remarkable turnaround from going down first round of the season, 60 points on Anzac Day, to, to being in the position that they're in. It's quite remarkable. It's been quite a remarkable turnaround. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think, um, yeah, firstly, congratulations, obviously, on the season mm. to them, but... I think, you know, for this game against the Eastern Devils, like they're going to have to find a way to get creative here. I think, you know, they were they were able to hold a South Croydon to that, um, to no score at halftime, which is an awesome effort from a defensive point of view. But I think the problem for them against the Devils is probably just going to be that, how, how are they actually going to put on a big enough score here to, to really take it up to the Devils? You look at... Um, that, again, that forward line of the Devils with the likes of Hunt and Price just kicking goals in there for fun. And I I feel like the SBL Wolves, they have too much of their... All of their good players are around the ball, but they don't really have too much forward of the ball. And, and that could be the area where they just aren't able to put a big enough score. So I, I think, you know, if the conditions are, are poor, it might suit the SBL Wolves because I'll have that, that sort of... Um, uh, that superiority around the ball. But yeah, just going forward, I think they're going to struggle. And again, I'm, I'm pretty keen to hear what you two have to think about this one. Well, what do you reckon, Ryan? They're up against an unstoppable force in the Devils as well, who will probably want us to, to keep this pretty brief as well, just given how dominant they've been. Yeah, and um, I, I think it's, it's hard to go past the side that's lost one game in two years. The way they play, it, obviously, you know, Dill's touched on it. They, if it's a dry conditions sort of day, They'll be very happy with that. Uh, Price, Hunt, Beggs are, are certainly going to be able to hit the scoreboard quite a bit. Um, I, I'm just looking forward to it because I, I think the Wolves can certainly give them a red-hot crack, but um, I'm, I'm still tipping the Devils. I think you've got to back them in. I'll, I'll think they can get over the line by four or five goals. What about yourself, Dill? I'll... I'll go first, actually. I think the Devils win, but just by 14 points. I think the Wolves could definitely surprise the Devils, but I just think there'll be one period, one quarter, where they just get on top, as they always do, and get the job done. Yeah, and that's been that theme throughout the season, hasn't it? They always just they just kill you in one quarter. Just looking at that game against South Croydon, who we've talked about South Croydon, how they're on the slide. Like I was saying, that they've still only put 33 on the board against South Croydon. And I think if they if they kick a score of thirty three against the Devils, they'll lose by a minimum of three goals. So, I, yeah, I, it's just the like it's it's just the scoring. I think there's areas of the ground where they'll match them, but yeah, not having that avenue to goal. So, Devils by twenty two points. And they kicked four nine as well. Did did SBL Wolves? They need to kick a lot straighter against the, yeah. against Eastern Devils. So it'll all come down to the likes of particularly Olivia Flanagan, who's going to be so key for them. Well, yeah, and as I mentioned, Devils by fourteen points. Well, 
that's our previews of the f five grand finals taking place done. That's this episode of Female Footy Focus done. We will be back next week to take a look back at, at not just the grand finals, but the season that's been. Uh, Dylan Smith, great to have you back on board for, for this week. And uh, I'm sure you're keen for grand finals out at HE Parker. I am, yeah. Definitely going to be a busy day, but... Um... As we talked about, I think particularly that Baronia Basin one, I'm super excited, but just, yeah, just keen for all the grand finals and, and just all the finals footy in general. Yeah, it's exciting times with all competitions in finals. Uh, Ryan Long, our, our media manager, doing a great job organising all this as always. You're, you're a busy man. So uh, thanks for taking some time out of a, a Tuesday night on the Zoom screen and uh, talking all about the women's competition. Oh, anytime, Josh. Uh, very uh, glad to be here. Looking forward to the weekend. It's a massive weekend and really just uh, can't wait to get stuck into it. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing how you two fare out at HE Park Reserve with those three grand finals. Don't forget to tune into those on Facebook and YouTube. It's it's a busy day on Saturday, but we're looking forward to it. But for now, we thank you for tuning in to Deacon Unity Female Footy Focus, and we will see you next week after the grand finals.